Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Mrs. J. Talks to the People. I'm here today talking about um, the education and special needs. Um, when you think of uh, special needs, what does it mean to you? Um, do you think of someone with disability or just in general? Um, what I looked up and found that special needs in is a particular educational requirement resulting from a learning difficulty, physical disability, and emotional and behavior difficulties. So in our society today, we have multiple people with different disabilities, um, not just by you can see them physically, but you can also have, they also have like learning difficulties, but you may not see those. Um, and those parents with disabilities, they sometimes, with parents with uh, children with special needs, they sometimes feel that they are alone. Well, parents, you need to feel that you are not alone because that there are also other parents out there. So maybe joining a support group would be beneficial to um, meeting other people with the same diagnosis to get advice that you need. Um, you also deserve to be cared for. So by having support, like family support, um, by significant other, friends, families. So going out and having time to yourself or just, you know, having that one time someone can come cook dinner for you for a night so that you feel that you deserve the support that you need. And that um, sometimes being a parent with someone who has special needs, you feel that you may not be doing what you expect things to be your way life should go, but you need to know that you aren't perfect and that eventually everything will be okay. And that even in your child's eyes, you probably are their superhero um, taking care of them, knowing that they have challenges to deal with so that they, so you should always look that See, look at yourself and say that you are like either a doctor or a nurse to them or a therapist. And also, there is like types of therapy that is play that some parents may not agree with, but also play is therapy. Play, like having your children involved in sports and other outside activities, even though they may be special needs, that they should get involved in things that they could possibly do. Um, that's like including in like making time and enjoying the moments with your kids. So finding something that your child and you can do to make time that you would feel good about yourself. Um, and sometimes being a parent, it's you have to make like decisions that it might not. It might just hurt you and you're just like, is it the right decision or the wrong decision? We don't want to, you know, you want to make the right choices for your your child as time goes on with education and where you want them to go in life. You want them to be successful regardless if they're special needs or not. And sometimes it's, we're thinking, is it is it the right decision for them or not? Um 
remember to always forgive yourself as a parent because we all make mistakes. No one's perfect. So we should just learn to forgive ourselves and sometimes being a parent regardless if it is someone who has special needs or not, you have to realize that parenting is hard. Um, with someone's special needs, it's even harder. So we have to understand that there are parents out there that are probably struggling harder than the ones that have children that are non-special needs that are struggling as just as well as those. Um, sometimes even children with special needs, it's it's very difficult because you know they you have to help them with the needs. You know, if, if a child has autism, they may not be able to speak. So then you may need to find a device that there are out there or, or something that can help your child and find the services that you need because depending on um, your state or area, there may be services to help you um, with your child. Um, a lot I see is when children who don't speak, they have iPads and they just type what they need. Or if they have like a sensory issue, they there's things that they're for sensory that you can possibly do. Um, and then always, even working, you know, where I work with children and having children around, we always have to have a sense of humor because if you don't have a sense of humor, it just doesn't, like, it just makes life harder sometimes. You always want to keep it, that keep a sense of humor just to, enjoy life because we all only live once and just celebrate the little things you know we want to admire things like if your child accomplishes one thing because you know a lot of parents when they have children especially it's exciting when their child is like first walking so celebrate those things like either make a video or something to memorize that moment to just to always remember that um another thing is don't let other parents judge you because, you know, not everyone's perfect. Um, it's sometimes difficult when there's parents out there you see um, judging for your child either being autistic or Down syndrome. They feel that you did something wrong or just if you're out in general and you don't have a child with special needs and they see that your child is screaming on the top of their head, you just, feel like everyone's out there looking at you like that you can't handle your child, but then that if they was in their situation, they would p- totally understand. Because I, I've done that a couple times. Look at someone and I see their child out of control in the store, and I'm like, what what are they doing? But I'm not at that moment where I should be judging anyone because at one point in my life I'll be that parent and my, ch- my child will be giving me that hard time and I will feel the same way, but we shouldn't allow those parents to bother us. We should just ignore them and keep moving on. And never compare yourself to anyone else on on their parenting skills because everyone has their different parenting skills. Um, There are different parents out there. Um, Some are authoritative, some are passive. It's just depending on how you were raised or how you want to bring up your child um, in this society, in this world. Um, and even time, like I said, you have to make time for yourself. Um, so sometimes there, 
if your partner is still with you raising your child with special needs, you, there may be a night that you can just have, have a night for you and your partner and just go out and enjoy the, the evening and have someone else watch your child. Um, because when you, once you have a child, it's harder to just have time for you and your partner. And you want to make sure that you can maintain, like if you are married, maintain that marriage and still have that relationship with each other. You don't want it to die out because a lot of relationships, I feel that they go down, like they start falling out of, like falling out of with each other because there's, they're spending more time with their children and not with each other. So making that time with each other is very important. And always trust your instinct. You know, it's, you're the parent of that child regardless what that child has problems or not. You need to trust your own instincts and raise your child how you want them to be raised. It's not up to anyone else. Um, so if you feel that, like, you're not sure about something, talk to somebody out there. Like like I said, always find someone who has, like, a find a support group or find, like, mom groups out there because I'm sure that in your area there's always those mom groups. You can talk to other moms and whatnot. Um, but I do have this special clip that I had found on YouTube about touring ch- schools for special needs children. So here I'm going to play this for you. If your child has special needs, no matter what grade level, there are some things to look for when you go on school tours. How big is the school? Will it be overwhelming for you or your child? How's the noise level? A noisy school could be very distracting. Is there a place to be quiet and alone in the classroom? If your child has trouble hearing, some schools have a special sound system. That makes it easier for everyone. How does the teacher manage behavior? Does she use touch in a supportive way? Speak loudly or softly? Does he appear to have control of the class? Can every child see the writing on the board? If there's a smart board, is it in focus? These small problems can be magnified for the child with special needs. Too much clutter on the shelves and the walls can be distracting. Does the child know what to expect? It helps if all the instructions are shown in words and pictures, and daily schedules, too. While these are common in elementary schools, older students can benefit, too. There are high- and low-tech tools to make learning easier, like a ball chair or a fidget basket for a wiggly child. Pencil grips and special scissors and paintbrushes can really make a difference. A Braille typewriter helps a blind child, and touchscreen technology helps children who have trouble writing or communicating. If you see these tools in the classroom, you're probably in a school with really sensitive teachers and leaders. Look for classrooms with two teachers. That probably means one is specially trained to help kids with disabilities. Look for kids learning in small groups with a teacher. That may mean kids are engaged in their learning. If you see kids doing different things in the classroom, reading, writing, typing, it's a sign that teachers are adapting lessons for kids who learn at different speeds what the teachers call differentiated instruction. Ask what kind of training the teachers have. If your child is having lots of trouble learning to read, it's very important to have a teacher who is specially trained. 
teachers who know Wilson or Orton-Gillingham techniques can make a big difference for children with learning disabilities like dyslexia. The arts are important for everyone, but particularly students with special needs. A poor reader may be a great actress or a musician or an artist. And everyone needs physical activity, whether it's yoga in the classroom, or basketball in the gym, or running around on the playground. You have to be a fierce advocate for your child. You have to come armed with questions and demand answers to be sure you're getting the best education for your child. For Inside Schools, this is Melanie O'Keefe. Well, look, that, that clip must have had some, some useful information. Um, on to my next discussion, uh, similar to what that video talked about. You know, when you're going to schools, either child care or elementary school, middle school, high school, you have to ask yourself, what are you really looking for? You know, um, some things when I go, because I work in child care, when I I like tend to look for is like the relationships between the teacher and the children. You know, you want to see that teacher and child interaction. If you see a teacher just playing on their cell phone or too busy on computers, you're just like, well, where's that teacher-child interaction? Because a lot of the children need that interaction with, especially when you're take, they're in a school setting for at least eight hours a day. Um, they don't get that interaction because, you know, sometimes even when they're younger, they go home, the parents are just busy, and then it's time for them to eat uh, dinner, and then they have to go to bed. So we always want to make sure that the teacher is engaging with the children, um, make sure that they're able to speak to them individually and know that each child's strengths and weaknesses because knowing your children is a great a great thing because um, know, knowing your children in the classroom is great because then you know about their history what uh, about what just about their life and life in general um, also you want the teacher in the room to take pride on their children you know, you see that if their children is mastering something developmentally, um, you want them to be, oh, yeah, so-and-so did this today. Um, so, but make sure also, even in the early years, like in child care, you want to make sure that the, that language is very important. Um, so we always want to make sure we use words even at home or at school, even if, like, they're infants, encouraged speak. Encourage language, like through sign language, and even talk, like when they turn one, toddler years, still using sign language, because that's where a lot of our children um, get their things, because the children hear words from their surroundings. And even on, like, child care, that you should always have books, even if it's something related to math, science, or something to do with outside. You want to see that that literacy is encouraged everywhere. Um, you don't want to just see it in one part of the room or even just somewhere off to the side because then it looks that it's not even encouraged. And children should want to read, you know. Um, 
And then another one is math cannot be an afterthought. Make sure that um, teachers in school are using math terms, like greater than, less than, those terms, you know. Even if you can use those, like I said, you can always use different things to incorporate in different areas. You don't have to necessarily use those in that area. So if you have an activity like that, it's art because we should always encourage art activities um, because a lot of children like that, you know, some children don't get those elsewhere like at home so when they do get art related activities you can use like oh do you need more paint or is that not enough paint or more papers or is this half can I have half a paper or a whole paper so always use those math terms because then it, it encourages them to have um, greater knowledge and increase their brain development especially when it goes when they start younger and you encourage that as they're at the younger age and when they get older, they'll get they'll they'll still be in their brain. They'll just not may not remember it as much. Um, remember, as a parent, you should always encourage everything that is at home um, that they do in school. Um, like I said, what they do sign language with infants, um, you want to also be a parent and do that stuff at home too with them because it keeps the consistency. Um, I see a lot of parents, especially with potty training, they want the schools to teach the, the children to potty train, but sometimes parents don't do that at home, at home with their children, so then they rely on the school, even though their children are at school for eight hours a day, but that's still also something you have to do at home. Um, uh, it was stated that math is not... Is not a talent like having a good singing voice. It's a muscle you develop. So um, math may be hard for some friends. I mean, some people, but so singing. You know, I, I'm i not good at singing, but sometimes I feel that I'm good at certain parts of math, but that's just a talent that I have. Um, and another thing um, to look in schools, you know, now that there are a lot of schools they're so worried about the standardized testing because it's based off of uh, where they stand and especially the state. And they see that, you know, um, if a school scores low, um, they either consider shutting down or changing out, like changing around teachers just to improve their state score, scores. But do... You need to ask yourself when you're touring the school or whatnot, you need to ask yourself what they're teaching. Are they teaching the, just the test or are they teaching another curriculum? You know, um, standardized test scores only measure a third of the curriculum. So, and that's something new I just learned. Um, you know, I was never good at standardized tests. Um, it's always been a struggle for me. So um, when I did have to be taught by the test because I went to a public school. It was it was very difficult because it's not, you know, they're, they're not teaching in different ways. And we want to make sure that you're teaching in different ways because each child and or children have different styles of learning. Some teach some some children are either visual learners, auditory learners, or kinesthetic learners. So you have to, as a teacher, and even as a parent, sometimes you have to. Um, look at what type of learner your child is so that you could meet the needs that they need. So I'm more visual, so I need to see something done visually to me 
to show me how it's done. And even with a standardized test, you have to look at more at the ELLs. And if you don't know what ELL stands for, it's English Language Learners. And a lot of schools with people coming from other countries or just, you know, people that were here in America for a while, you know, they want to raise their children to speak their language. And to me, I think that is great to keep you, because you want to keep your culture in your history with your children as you as they get older and grow on. So if there's children that speak Spanish, you have to, like, give them time. And... Um, but ELLs, if you think about it, are the hardest to teach because if they don't speak English and they go to, you know, when they're here in America, um, you, they're not speaking English, so then you have to, like, teach them the English, English stuff. So then you have to realize what level they are at in speaking. Is there, are they a level one ELL or are they a level three? So it just depends on where they stand at. Um, but since they're the hardest, but their scores are actually increasing on some standardized tests. Um, and then a lot of things that I see nowadays, even on the news, with the school system that is changing, a lot of schools are now doing either no recess. Um, and a lot of studies have shown that recess actually is good for the children, you know. Having, having that time outside just to be relieved to run around to do stuff, you know, to see other children in, in your class or just in other rooms that are in your grade level um, is good for the children, you know. And I feel that in getting getting rid of recess, it's not good because you're having a child sit there all day with no time to play. And I am one of the big biggest person on play. I agree that, you know, we have to do, but I feel that Children do learn through play. So having them do recess or having gym or other extracurricular activities that are more fun for them to do besides sitting at a desk learning what is one plus one all day is not fun. And then that makes children not want to learn because they feel that it's boring. And they go home and tell their parents probably that it's boring. Um, So... You just want to make sure that your school has a good amount of recess time. I mean, maybe I think 15 minutes is good, but I prefer I think it would be longer because I feel that if we're sitting them down for four hours a day and they have maybe 15 minutes outside, I mean, that's a good amount of time, but a half an hour to me is good enough because I feel that they have that time to just rethink and recap and have fun because we want our children to have fun. We don't want them to grow up and dislike school and then that's the cause of like them dropping out because they're bored because I've seen um, on news and on articles I've seen that um, studies have shown that like children um, who tend to um, not have I guess that outside time or just or not um, they tend not to do well in school and we want our children to do well, just to succeed, because we want our children to be better than what we are, because that's a lot of, I would want my child to be better than me, and I'm pretty sure most parents feel the same way. Um, also, look at, you know, when you go to school, um, ask your, like, the principal or, like, director or not, 
you know, the teachers do matter because we work, they work five days out of the week, and, you know, I'm sure I have majority of the teachers work on their off time to provide the 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 correct like the education that children need. So seeing that the teachers have some type of mentor instruction or just type of, you know, best practice for them, um, we want to make sure that the teachers feel that, you know, they're not just someone who comes there day in, day out and especially if they look miserable, you kinda of don't want your child to be in that classroom because if you feel that their teacher is miserable, then you you're not gonna want you know them to be in that room because usually if a child if a teacher just doesn't care about the child's feelings, they'll just like the child won't care either. It, it just depending on the teacher's attitude will also depend on the way that the education or just the curriculum is being taught. Um, even ask the administration. Um, how do they do evaluate their teachers, you know, deciding on do they hire this person or even if they do like a yearly review, um, do they see that they're meeting the needs to their children and parents and the standards of the school system? You know, um, if you see that, if administration is, we don't evaluate our teachers, you know, we even though they say they do well, but then you have to question your, you know, yourself as a parent. Um is is that you know something best for your child? Um, and even ask the you know, administrator how often are the classroom lessons observed? You know, I think when I was in elementary school and like high school, I think they had to send the curriculum. I know where I work now, we have to send our lesson plans in once a week. So you need to ask them how often they look at the lesson plans um, and whatnot. Um, and you have to also, I know a lot of parents, they look at the name of the schools. It's not all about name. You need to more worry about, like I said, the care of your children. You know, if you see a school that may have a good name, but when you go to tour it, they may not have um, a good experience there. So you want to make sure, like I said, look for what's best for you um, on that. And like I said, with the education now uh, nowadays, Things have changed, you know, like I said, they're cutting out of, like, gym and recess and, like, a lot of those arts and music. When I think that children really do need those those things and they're worried about more about the standardized testing, so uh, to meet the state requirements. But I think that schools should really re-look into what they are doing to the children because I feel that the way they're teaching them um, is not helping our our children today. You know, a lot of them probably are bored and they don't like doing the work. You know, I've, I've talked to parents who, you know, their children went to a child care and they played all day and had fun, but then when they go to a school setting, it's, it's very different and it's hard for the child to just sit there, you know. They're not used to it. And I feel that they should reevaluate how things are being done in the classroom. I mean, I get that you have to have uh, meet needs, meet standards and requirements, but you also have to meet the requirements or meet, meet the needs for your children. You know, you don't want them to just be bored all day because they're never gonna gra- they're never gonna gain the concept. You know, they're just gonna, they're gonna need something more challenging for them um, to do. 
Um, but that is all I have to say today. Um, thanks for listening in. I hope that you all enjoyed any everything I said um, and find something very useful. Um, if you have anything else to say, please don't hesitate to email. Um, so I hope everyone has a nice evening, and thank you very much. Go ahead.